0: Good morning. Good morning and welcome to chapel this Friday. I'm Bill Bourne and I want to take a couple of minutes to follow up some of the slides that you've had a chance to look at uh, during the opening here. Uh, We have chosen to show some of the slides from Union University uh, as an update to an experience they had this past Tuesday night. We want to do so for a couple of reasons, one, to keep them in our thoughts and prayers as their devastated campus gets through these few days and as they think about how they're going to progress through the rest of the semester, but two, also as a reminder to ourselves regarding safety and preparedness when severe weather comes through. If you aren't aware, this past Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and throughout the evening, several severe storms rolled through the south. Uh, killing 56 people and injuring many, many more. Union University, a fellow coalition of Christian College uh, institution to Goshen, was hit directly. They're a campus of about 3,300 graduate and undergraduate students, 1,200 students living on campus, and each and every one of their residence halls was completely demolished in the storm. Fortunately, While several were injured, nobody was killed on their campus, and if you're keeping up with media, uh, they're seeing this as God's intervention in some miraculous ways. In addition to this, and it's just a real reminder because I'm guilty of this as well when severe storms run through uh, this area, students in national media interviews are now sharing stories of being fully aware of the storms from television reports, from sirens going off, uh, but not taking cover. Uh, It was only when they actually saw or heard the tornado coming that they scrambled in their residence halls to take cover and now are sheepishly reflecting back on, wow, we probably should have been more cautious and careful. So it's a reminder to us. Uh, We had the storm come through Napanee in the fall. Uh, I have been a part of several of these storms both here and elsewhere and, like you, am curious and would rather see than probably be safe. But we learn the hard way from visual images like this that being safe probably makes more sense. So this morning, we will have opportunity this spring. Similar storms will come through here. We want to remember union in our prayers. We also want to take this time to consciously say, wow, the next time we have a chance here, will we get to the center of the hallways of Kratzmiller-Yoder in the basement of our other facilities? So just a kind reminder, and I hope you keep that in mind. Thank you for allowing me to say these few words and to share that request, Um, I now want to begin uh, the rest of the chapel with prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you for your presence in this place, for your desire to be a part of each of our lives, regardless of our ethnic, cultural, or faith background and for bringing us to this place, to Goshen College, to celebrate learning, celebrate relationships, and as we're going to focus this morning, celebrate one of our IP programs, Camping and Service to Others. We've been reminded this week of your power, your awe, your presence, and your grace be with Union University as they continue this week to work through the devastation in the immediate as well as as they think through the rest of the year and continue to be with those who have suffered a great deal and help us to be mindful of that in all that we have here in Christ's name. Amen.
1: I light this lamp today as a reminder of God's presence with us here in our chapel space. And I also light this lamp today as a reminder of God's presence with those affected with Union University and all the devastation there in the South. Good morning. My name is Bob Yoder, one of the campus pastors here. And in our spring chapels so far, um, just tracing back, we heard Jim Brenneman talk about choice points. As we opened up our semester, we then had our student group parables talk with us and share stories of us and remind us of God's presence here with us. And then we had uh, Dr. Mary Oyer lead us in a hymn sing on hymns across the cultures. And last week we had Pamela Yoder share of her faith journey and struggle and story of depression and eating disorders. And today we are going to be led in worship through song and story and picture from our camping inquiry program participants of this past summer. In total there were six of them who had participated, but there are three of them here today. Um, a couple of them are on SST and somebody else is on an internship. What I'd like for you to do is please stand if you've ever been a camper at a camp. Please stand. Very good. Have a seat. Please stand if you've ever been a staff, a summer staffer at one of the camps or at a camp. Good. Have a seat. Please stand if you want to be a summer staffer at a camp this coming summer or whenever. <laughs> to my left up here, I want to welcome um, our camp directors. There's a number of camp directors across the uh, United States. Here uh, this morning with us, they're going to have booths set up in Union Lobby, um, and I encourage you to go connect with them at all. Um, But welcome here to our campus and to our time, and may you have a good, fruitful day here today. Camping Inquiry Program at Goshen College started about six years ago, and it helps to provide an opportunity for students to work in in a Christian camp setting, retreat center setting, and to learn and develop more leadership skills along the way. To date, we have had 41 students from Goshen College participate in Camping Inquiry Program. For the upcoming summer in 2008, we still have just a couple of slots available. And so even though the the application deadline was January 31, if you have interest, particularly as you talk with the camp directors today, um, and you want to put in your application, please do so. Again, just a couple of slots available for that. As we continue in our chapel service today, I also want to continue with a word of prayer. Let's pray. God, thanks much for this cold, chilly day. Thank you as we think about camp and ministry to young people and older people and middle-aged people. And also the kind of ministry that it does for our own souls, our own work, and our own spiritual formation. Be with us today as we continue on in chapel. Amen.
2: Uh, a couple of camp songs and they only work if everyone stands up and really gets into the motions and stuff like that so let's do it
3: Good morning, my name is Libby Smith and I'm a junior here at Goshen College and I did CIP this summer at Meadowhaven Camp and Retreat Center in Illinois. For scripture reading today, we have chosen two passages that in our minds represents camp's ministry. The first is from Matthew 19, 13 through 15. Then little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for it is to these is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, blessed them, and went on his way. The second reading is from Exodus 13, 20-22. They set out from Sukkoth and camped in in Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night, to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people.
4: Hi, I'm Paul Boers. I did CIP at uh, Silver Lake Mennonite Camp in Ontario, Canada. And our summer theme this year was On a Journey with God. And the passage you just heard from Exodus is one of the scriptures we read a lot to talk about being on a journey with God and that God is with you along the way, leading you, in this case, in the Bible, as a pillar of fire by day and smoke by night. I think I reversed that, but you get the idea. Um, With this on my mind all the time, I I did a lot of thinking about journeys. And um, when I think about journeys that I saw at camp, I always think about one of my campers named Michelle. I was a day counselor, which means I was the opposite gender of my campers and was only with them during the day. So in case you're wondering, um, and Michelle, Michelle was what we call an integration camper. She had Down syndrome and Michelle really only liked two things, which were Shania Twain and Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Cup. (laughs) Anything other than that, we'd say, Michelle, we should do this. It'd be so fun. And she would look at us and she would say, Paul, I don't like it. So sometimes motivating Michelle was a bit difficult. But we decided we were going to try something a little bit out of the ordinary. We wanted to take Michelle and the rest of our cabin to the bog, which is just a big pit of mud that you jump in, it smells like eggs, and you get slimy, and it's really very camp. Um, and we get there, and Michelle's like, what is this? We're like, it's the bog. What do you do? You jump in it. It's fun. Paul, I don't like it. <laughs> like, All right. So we're trying to encourage her, but also trying to deal with the rest of the cabin. So I had turned away and was talking to another girl in our cabin, and I hear Michelle's voice again. She says, Paul, Paul, I have a question. I have a question. I turn around, ready to assure that the bog is safe, that it's fine, and she's covered in mud. It's smeared all over her face, all over her arms. It's in her hair, and she says, what is my mom going to (laughs) say? She's going to say, get in the shower right now, Michelle. And that was one of the best examples of journey I can think of. Camp is really a place of journey, a journey that takes us out of our comfort zones. My camp is a camp that doesn't have flush toilets or regular showers, and as you can imagine, using outhouses and only showering once in a week stretches a lot of people. Uh, For me, as you may know or be able to tell, that's not as much of an issue. (laughs) But there were ways that I was stretched as well. An example of that is I sang a solo in a camp musical, which is not something I would do anywhere else. There are examples of spiritual journeys as well, and as leader of our Bible sessions for four weeks, I talked to kids who were dealing with some really heavy things. Uh, one camper was telling about the death of a loved one that was very recent and very painful. And another of my campers was abused as a child and was on his first week away from home, away from his adopted parents, and was so terrified some nights that he had to sleep on the floor next to one of our beds. But the week was a growing experience for him, and he, he gained confidence and towards the end was able to sleep in his own bed without without waking up, which was really quite amazing. For me, I was stretched to my faith as kids asked me some of the toughest questions you can imagine about faith that I had absolutely no answers to and felt sheepish that I couldn't help them at all in that. And I found myself being used by God in new and unexpected ways. So after the summer, I can confidently say that my experience at CIP at Silverlight Camp has been a significant part of my journey with God.
2: Um, my name is Tony Jansen. I'm a senior, and I spent this summer at Rocky Mountain Midnight Camp in Divide, Colorado, which is about um, 45 minutes west of Colorado Springs. And it's actually on the massive of Pikes Peak, so it's just a beautiful location out there. Um, I was called upon to talk about my um, CIP experience and um, all the, the types of different opportunities that were offered through that. Um, the main goal of the CIP program is to see camp from a wide variety of angles and to see every different division of camp and uh, to find out how they work together. Um, so I'm going to briefly tell you the, the positions that I was in. For the first three weeks I was a counselor, which were probably my favorite weeks of the summer, where I counseled high school, aged kids, 8th and ninth graders, and 6th and 7th graders. And as the maturity level lowered each week, I found new and uh, interesting things about the kids. And what I found especially surprising was their spirituality. Um, Throughout the summer, they were amazing in um, the devotional time we'd have each night and in the praise and worships and the camp songs. I mean, they just loved them. And their energy and enthusiasm um, just meant the world to me. Um, But I also learned that you have to be very careful what you say around the campers. And a prime example of this is one of our um, program directors um, we were going over orientation of rules and stuff like that, and she said she wanted to say about electronics. And she's like, she wanted to say something like, "Did you bring your Game Boys or your PlayStation portables?" What it came out was, "Did any of you bring your Playboys this week?" <laughs> and and one of the campers looked at a fellow counselor and said, "I don't think we're old enough to have those." So there's a prime example of watching what you say. Um, The next week after counseling, I was able to do program directing, in which I helped schedule, organize, and supervise. And this was especially interesting because um, I program directed the week after I counseled. So I was in charge of supervising the counselors in the previous week that I was um, their peers. And so I had to find that that mix where I could be like, okay, I want you doing this and you should be doing this, and so they wouldn't take offense to it. Um, The next week I did maintenance. And Corbin Graber, who's my uh, camp director, he'll find any job around camp. You wouldn't think there'd be that many things to do for maintenance, but he'd find all kinds of, all kinds of jobs. And my favorite job was raising a basketball hoop on the court um, four inches. It was at nine feet, six inches. And he's like, okay, I think we need to pick it up. We need to dig out the hole, um, set a block in there, and raise it um, four inches. We spent two days on that project and at the end, um, Asher, Fast, who's out there, he helped out too, we measured the hoop, and it was at nine feet, eight inches. <laughs> but I'm proud of those two inches. <laughs> then after maintenance, I, went, I worked in the kitchen for a week. We'll, we'll just say it was a, a big adventure. Um, my first day, they had me make snickerdoodle cookies. And um, I was doing great. You know, I was feeling good, I was feeling confident, but I kept forgetting to set the timer when I'd put them in the oven. (laughs) So we'll just say that they came out a little crispy. But I didn't hear too many complaints, and I learned that attentiveness is key in the kitchen. Um, Also throughout the summer, I did some housekeeping. And I learned that this is not my favorite um, activity or job to do. Um, But I gained a whole new respect for the housekeeping uh, personnel and how clean they keep the camp. Because without them, the bathrooms would have been a mess. The dining hall would be a wreck and stuff like that. So I gained a new appreciation for it. Um, and then the last three weeks, I was involved with the program staff for the family camps. It's where the families bring their, their kids and they come and they, it's almost like the whole family's doing the, the kids' camp thing. So what I did those weeks was I was in charge of childcare um, when the parents would go out on hikes, I led recreation activities. And one of my favorite activities that I was involved in was the boat race each week we have this boat race where every age group from little kids to adults um, have to find a natural resource to make a boat out of and we throw it into the creek and it flows down the creek, a start and finish line and the creek was was running pretty fast in the summer and so I bet 50 percent of the boats were lost at sea and so we saw a lot of sad faces and the kids, a bunch of kids were crying, and I even saw some adults close to tears. But it was just, a, it was, it was a, one of my favorite um, activities there. But um, the camping inquiry program for me was great because before I did it, I just saw camp as campers and counselors, and that was all that camp was made up of. But it actually takes all these different divisions um, to have a camp run smooth. So I'd like to introduce um, Corbin Graber who was my camp director this summer, to come and talk about um, what college students mean to the, to the summer staff in each camp. So, welcome Corbin Graber. Thanks, Tony. I knew
5: that goal was too low when I could actually dunk it, so there was something going on that was wrong. Well, good morning. Good morning. All right, that's great. If you would uh, be so kind as to help me start off by looking someone in the face, joining, uh, greet two people around you and, uh, and say good morning. So stand up and greet two folks around you this morning. Alright, well thank you for that. The, I had a youth sponsor call me about coming to a snow camp uh, coming up this weekend and she said, Corbin, I got some kids that want to back out. They heard I can't, they can't bring their iPods and they might have to meet new people. And I said, oh man, that is too bad. But, uh, but I do hope that uh, looking at each other in the face, shaking a hand, never goes out of style. Um, I was asked to share this morning about the importance of summer staff at camp and it comes really, really easily to me. Um, I think in this political time a few years back, it's the economy stupid was the, was the easy mantra. But for camps, I would simply offer that it is being, you being the eyes, the ears, the hands, and the feet of Jesus Christ as um, the importance of your being a camp. You're, you need your eyes to see what needs doing and pitching in and helping. You need your eyes to see someone who is hurting and offer comfort. You need your eyes to see the beauty of God's creation being in the outdoors, and also seeing the beauty in God's people around you. You need your eyes to see how the Spirit is working and join in and or get out of the way in allowing the Spirit to work. Of course, we wouldn't be able to understand what folks are telling us without our ears. And so be the ears of Christ by listening to the joys and concerns of those around you. Hear and apply constructive criticism and or affirmation of gifts. Hear God speaking through God's word, the Bible, through God's people, and through gifts uh, and through prayer. And also listen to what the Spirit is leading and challenging you to do. We need to use our hands to give a high five to someone who has done well. We need to hold the hand of someone who needs comfort. We need to serve many meals, clean many bathrooms, and fix all things broken. We need to welcome and greet friends old and new. We need to bless someone for their decision to follow and serve Christ. And with our feet, we can walk with the campers and guests to the lake or to the mountaintop, whichever it is. We can run with perseverance the race set out before us in following Christ. We can go the second mile and do more than someone else expected of us, or maybe even that we expected of ourselves. With our feet, we can stand beside someone who simply needs a friend. So in all that you do, I would certainly challenge you to make a difference in what it is for God's kingdom. Take advantage of the ministry opportunities that are out there. Whether you be asked to do two minutes, two hours, two days, two months, two years, or a lifetime, make a difference in what you do. And whether that be at camping, whether that be ministry opportunities here on campus, maybe it's uh, joining the Mennonite Church agencies, voluntary service or other things. You know, these storms and, and some of the lives that were lost are a great reminder that life is too short and too precious to not make a difference for God's kingdom. So we hope you consider that in
0: your uh, future decisions, thanks.